Well, how, how you guys doing? My name is Bill. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Yeah. Wow. Um, they say A is not organized. You know, this is probably the most organized meeting I've been to. They got a microphone, and you guys are all being quiet and not very rowdy, and it's just it's just not what I'm used to. Anyway, um, you know, I uh, my my whole family's in Alcoholics Anonymous, and if you notice, normally they're all they're all here. We all support each other, and I, and I didn't invite any of them tonight because I'm gonna try something a little different. I. Uh, my story is long and drawn out, and there's people in here that know that. And um, coming into Alcoholics Anonymous with your family is a little different. It's a little, it's a little peculiar, odd. Ten on the weird shitter meter, you know, if you, if you know what I'm saying. My dad's here. He's got his own message. He's, you know, he's got his thing. And, and anyway, sometimes it's just real hard to tell the truth for a long time. I mean, you, you, you do things, you know, as an alcoholic, you know that. You know, you'll take to the grave with you, or you'll you'll, you'll tell another human being, and um, or you do something to a child, and you know you perpetrate on a child, and they will keep your secret. You know, I know that for firsthand. You know, and there's just a lot that there's a lot in AA. For a long time, I, I I thought that I thought that it was coming in here telling a bunch of funny shit. I thought it was coming in here telling a bunch of uh, a bunch of crazy stuff or you know or sick stuff or you know and it's you know even the sickest stuff you know we all laugh at it and I thought wow this is good this is a good deal and and uh, but for a long time you know I just I came in and out I'm the guy that came in and out for a long long time I, I the first my first AA meeting I was 18 years old and I got sober when I was 32 I've been sober for nine years four months and three days in a row and uh, and the, and the reason why I tell you guys in a row, the old-timers that are here know know what it was like for me. Um, I didn't just fall off the, the, the drinking truck and you stay sober. You know, it was a learned process. I also didn't find God with a burning bush. And that's what I, that's what I thought was going to happen. I always, I always waited for some audible voice or something. It just didn't happen. Mine is of the learned variety. And, um, you know, like I said... You know, I want to try something different and, 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 and do a speaker meeting with that because I've done a couple speaker meetings and my parents have always been there. And it's a little, it's a little odd, peculiar, you know, because it's real hard to get in touch with that innermost self, you know, when you got, you got people you don't want to hurt their feelings, you don't want to tell the truth, you know, and there's stuff that they, they see as different than I did is going through it as a child, you know, and, and, um, so, you know, and I always hate when people start their pitch off by saying, you know, when I was a child, you know, and then you're going, oh, shit, here they go, you know. They're going to start with, I was two years old and I was an alcoholic the first time I drank. Well, I don't know that to be true because I don't remember that far. I did a lot of brain damage. I, I did a lot of other stuff besides drinking. I know I'm an alcoholic because of what it did to me. Nature and nurture, don't know. You know what? Um, I think that it had a lot of nature and I think it had a lot of nurture. And, and, and I believe I was born an alcoholic. I think it ran in my system as, as a child. I, I believe it was given to me on both sides. Why? Because the inventory is real clear. Both sides of my family are, are alcoholics to the bone, and they're the chronic alcoholic type. They're not the kind that, you know, there's all kind of different types of alcoholics that, that run around here. You know, and it, they say they're a the helpless, hopeless variety. Well, I don't believe I was that guy because I had some other additives that made me a little better, I thought. You know, or, or something. I didn't go down the the, the 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 scale as far as my dad, or did I? You know, it's just it's taken me nine years to be able to tell myself the damn truth. So when I start to say, I think 
man, you gotta watch out. Because it took nine years before before I think actually meant something, means something. Because I got some, you know, I got some some credibility now. I I do what I say I'm gonna do for nine years, four months and three days. And the reason why I say nine years, four months, and three days is because I know what minute, I know what happened. I remember my last debacle, or whatever the hell that word is. You know, for a long time I had a lot of good verbiage. Lots of good verbiage. You guys from Pine Manor or Parson or wherever you guys are from, man, I, I've been to all those places. I had all that good verbiage because why? you got to do the first three steps and you go to, what, about 1,500 meetings a week and they make you read. And, and pretty soon you, remember, you memorize that stuff. You know, and I memorized it. You know, and I knew how to get in the quickest. I knew when I was dying and I needed a break. You know, I used to wind up in jail and, and it was like it was a... I'd end up there and it was like a surprise. Shit, it was always the same thing. I would go, you know, I, 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 I'd get a little rest and I'd go up and start coming down. And the next thing you know, it's either, it's either dying or going to jail. And all of a sudden, the car... I tell people, God, man, I was, I was turning left, the car turned right, I ended up loaded, and I ended up in jail. And I always ended up in jail about the same progressive time. When everybody was pissed off at me, when I was ready to put a bullet in my mouth, all those things, and then I ended up in jail, and I always thought it was a mystery. Shit, I said, Florida County Sheriff's Department saved my life. So anyway, when I was a child, I'll start off with that, you know, I was, I was born to two alcoholics, and, um, and they were chaotic, and they were, and they, and, and man, and they were loud. If you guys know my, you guys, most of all the old timers know my family. They were loud, and, and and the rest of the family was loud, and they all drank, and they smoked, and they, I aspired to that because that's what a man did. My only example of what a man does is he gets his ass kicked or he kicks somebody's ass. You take a punch, you, you, you smoke because everybody smoked and they drank. So I did that as a child, and then I did it as an early age. And I don't know if anybody in here has got kids, but I do. And I never understood the importance until I had my own child of what I actually went through as a, as a child. I'm going to say a young man, but I wasn't a young man. I was a baby. I mean a freaking baby. You know, it, uh, when I was five years old, five years old, I was, you know what, uh, you know, my mom, my, my dad wasn't around. My mom had two, three jobs, and um, we had a lot of babysitters. And um, any of you guys had a lot of babysitters, you guys had weird shit happen to you. It, you know, back then it was there was a lot of weird shit going on, and um, and I started, you know, I have a I have a, a twin brother that's you know is my identical twin, and he has a different persuasion. And I don't know if that's nature or nurture. So any of you guys, I, I don't know. But I do know what happened as a child, and, and I remember that, you know, he had the daddy thing going on and all that shit. And, then, and my oldest brother has Down syndrome, okay, and I didn't know what that meant as a child either. Down syndrome is the guys that have their tongues hanging out, you know, they're real nice people. That, that's something wrong. There's a gene or something missing. And, and as a young man, I didn't know what all that shit meant. I didn't understand. All I knew was what? I love my family. No matter how crazy they were, I'd love them, you know, and you, and you protect that whole thing. And... um so that's what I did. And uh, anyway, 
we were starting to get perpetrated on by these babysitters when I was when I was like six years old, and um, different things happened. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like the intercourse thing. I'll just tell you all that, or, except for the girl. It was males and females, okay? And there was about five or six different ones. So it was like a a calamity of different weird shit going on when I was a young man and, or a young baby. I was I was six years old. The first time I drank pop off vodka, I can remember drinking a half pint at six years old. Anybody got any kids? Drink a fucking half pint at six years old. And uh, I remember that. And I remember what it did for me. And it made all that shit go away. You know, all the shit that was going on. My my dad would come over and kick, kick the freaking door in about once a week. You know, my mom had different guys she was going out with. And we were being perpetrated on. And we were those little little pricks. Man, me and my brother were ornery. My, my twin brother, we were ornery. For example, the weaker babysitters get knives up to their throats and shit. I mean, because they wouldn't let, you know, it's just a weird shit. They try to whip us. You, know, you guys remember those, 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 uh, we call those things. Remember race car tracks? Remember those, you Remember those big old long things? You undo them? They used to whip our ass with those things. Well, they paid. They paid. People called the cops on me when I was six or seven years old because I had a knife up to some babysitter's throat. I thought she was going to whip my ass with a, with a track. That's what they were, a track, race car track. No, 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 that ain't happening. Where the cops find us? We had a walnut tree in the backyard. There we were. Had a flashlight, our asses down, you know. And, and I, that's, that's the way I grew up. 464 Becky. Anybody knows where that's at? It's in Tulare. It's right off the Sonoras over there in this weird place. That's where I grew up. Okay? That's where my, all my bullshit happened. Meanwhile... The only the only good thing about my childhood I remember, which was my fondest memories, my fondest memories of my childhood today would be considered child abuse by today's standards. Okay, we got some weird shit going on. Our today's standards are a little, little warped. For example, I used to give my my you know back in the day you give your kid a ride on the motorcycle you're some kind of freaking hero. Now you give them a ride without a helmet, you're a, you're a, you're lewd lascivious, and you're taking your kid's life in your own hands and all that weird. So it's just a different time. But my fondest memories were, man, at seven, eight years old, I'm driving, I'm driving my grandfather to the bar, okay, driving him home, and we drop his ass off. We'd have a 12 gauge and a spotlight and a bunch of beer, and we're driving down them ditch banks, killing shit with a flashlight. You try that today, they'll lock your ass up. They call it some kind of weird shit, some kind of potion episode, some kind of. But that's what I used to do. Fond memories. You know, the only car I ever totaled, I was nine years old, and we got stuck in the brand new Ford. You know, what do you do when you get stuck? You put it forward and then you put it in reverse. And then you just keep on going. Well, that's what I did. I sat there and I blew my old grandfather's brand new truck up, going forward and reverse, and we couldn't get out. I did that at nine years old. So anyway, like I said, we were being perpetrated on. Meanwhile, my father and my grandmother separated. And my grandfather, which was an alcoholic, and he was just a step out. He was just a step alcoholic. He wasn't really, he, I mean, he wasn't blood related. But anyway, so we would go, I mean, we, that was the only fond memories I had. When we moved to Visalia, we would walk to Tulare to meet him so we could go to his house. Because it was the only thing that was natural, normal, hunting, fishing. Okay, normal, quote normal. That's the only thing that ever happened normal in my entire life up to that point. We were being perpetrated. And you know what? I, I remember we were so rowdy that that and the, the 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 thing that bothered me the most was kids. Kids are ruthless. Okay, I'm that kid that grew up on, a, on in the sandbox, and all I ever wanted to be was normal. Okay, and I wasn't. I was abnormal. 
abnormal. My family, I was being perpetrated on. My family was alcoholics. All this weird shit was going. Then they shoved my ass in a damn, in the fireplace, me and my twin brother and my military brother for hours and hours and hours because they didn't know what to do with us. Okay, that's the only way you can watch us because we were, we were rowdy bitches. And, uh, and then, you know, one of the things I remember was, was I remember as a child, you know, we were smoking pot already, man. At eight years old, I'm smoking pack of cigarettes a day, drinking. I mean, at eight years old. We had a, we had a thing, we had a four clubhouse. You guys ever remember when they, when they used to let you steal the wood off the, off the houses, off the subdivisions? You go make your little fort? They never did that tumbleweed force, none of that shit. Well, I, I did all that. Anyway, and we had a little force, and we'd go out there, and, you know, we started getting caught drinking and shit. But anyway, they were, the guys were perfect, and I, I remember the perpetration didn't really bother me, except for my, 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 my brother that had Down syndrome. I just couldn't understand what, you know, because after I started figuring out that it was, it, it was abnormal, because as a child, you don't know what the hell normal is. You ain't got no idea. So anyway, and I remember, you know, that, you know, as, as time started going on, you know, people were making jokes about the little yellow bus. You know what I mean? And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. This fucking little yellow bus stopping at my house. What are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't understand a lot of that. So anyway, that's how I went into my, to, to my pre-teens with all that weird shit going on. And I'm the guy that can take a punch. I'll let you hit me first and then I will kick the shit out of you. I started that when I was kindergartner in high school. All the way through. I'm that kid. Man, I can, man, I can knock the shit out of people. It's out of temper. Because I didn't, I, I didn't know any other way to deal with things because that's what I thought. So, as a young man, when, my freshman year in high school, I'll just, I'll jump ahead. My freshman year in high school, I got suspended the first week for what? I got drunk at the icebreaker dance. Isn't that natural? Isn't that normal? Okay, that's what I started doing. Remember that? There's one guy I went to school with in here. Normally, there's about ten guys in the A meeting I've been to jail with, about another five I've been to some kind of program with, and then I know hundreds of, of alcoholic members that have watched me get sober throughout the years. You know, this is a diverse group. I don't know. Then there's only one guy I went to school with. Nobody I've been to jail with that I can, that I can remember. But I've been to jail a lot. You know, and that's kind of what happened to me. You know, so so I don't know. See, people, they try to figure out for years and years and years why they did the things they did. I don't know. I'm just telling you where, where I started this whole show off at. I don't know if that's what made me an alcoholic. I know that's what made me a little skewed and screwed up. And when I drank, it took, it took all that away. The hurt, the pain, the shame. Man, nobody could kick my ass like me. Man, I kicked my ass for all that for years and years and years, trying to figure it out, trying to say, well, this and that, and, you know. And then I had this thing that I killed another human being, which was one of the perpetrators. I knew where, I knew he lived in Solari, and if I ever saw him, I would kill him. And if and you guys, that all sounds, you know, there's a lot of people coming in, sound real tough and shit. You know, I will kill people, I will shoot them, and all that shit. Well, you do something to a child, and they they they, they plan on if they that was the only way I could make it okay in my life was if I ever saw that dude, I'd kill him. And, and to this day, I probably would have before I got sober. Is what I mean. Before I got sober, I would at any given moment, my life would have changed in a given given moment. That's it, because that's the only way I could have done that, because. Because he had done something to me, man, that, you know, I just, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out. So anyway, I say all that to, to tell you how skewed I was as a child. 
And then it just kept getting worse. And then when the drinking really progressed, you know, I was a full-blown alcoholic at the age of 18 years old. I mean, full-blown. There's a lot of people here know that. I smoked. I smoked cigarettes. I did drugs. I drank profusely, and I got in a whole lot of fucking trouble. And I did it for a long, long time. And behind all that, I ended up with five drunk drivers. There are some people in here who can attest to how crazy I was, because I can attest how crazy they are. I'm Kevin. This little dude right here is nuts. You know, he's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle to come from that. You know, people that, that have never been down those roads, we th- I think it's normal. You know, my wife, was she was brought up in a Pentecostal home. And, man, they, that shit just didn't happen. And she looks at me and goes, God, Dale, you come so far. And I'm the only one that didn't know it for a long time. I just didn't know it, you know? So anyway, I say all that, you know, I love the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and the messages that people give. There's, there's, there's certain messages that I like more than other ones. For example, I don't like a whole lot of bullshit about, you know, fun, the funny little stories unless they pertain to what the big book says and how it changed your life. About the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Because that's really all we're here for. And yet, for years and years and years, I came in and tried to change that philosophy. Okay, because I thought I knew something again. Going to change this whole way this thing worked. You know, I came in there for a long, I had a big mouth, I went to the programs, I've been, like I said, I've been to the Pine Manor six times or so, I've been to the Power Center twice, I've been to Betty Ford once, I've been to, I've been to Danny Shockwa's outpatient program a couple of times, I've been to therapy, about $25,000 worth, I've been to, uh, well, I called that damn corner, where's that corner place in Kingsburg, remember that place? They said I didn't live in that. They said I couldn't come over there because I didn't live. I don't know. I didn't remember. They didn't let me in there. And then I. And then the last one I went to was I went to uh, uh, what do you call it? Barset. Recovery sheriff's work. Uh, sheriff's alternate. Some shit. I don't know what it was. And it was weird because I had to be there for. I had to be there for 242 days. And. Um, the, how I got there was I, I started going in and out of jail so damn much and um, and I, I kept trying to get sober you know so if you're one of those guys just keep coming back I couldn't I couldn't stay because because I didn't do nothing because I w- wasn't the last house on the block and I didn't have enough pain yet I came in for all the wrong reasons I came in here because why the judge gave me a court card a couple times a couple times you know I, I love I, I thought I my concept of love I'm just telling you where I come from so love was not big it wasn't a big I, I, I had a concept you know from from what a family was and love and shit from the Brady Bunch you know you guys heard what was going on behind the scenes but but that was what I thought life was supposed to be was like the Brady Bunch and um, and, and mine wasn't and so I got married and, and I didn't know what love was and, and you know my wife took care of me you know while I did my shit and, and um, I, I ended up having a kid and I'll just tell you guys, my I aspired when I was 18 years old to have to get cut. That's what that's what kind of ideals I had in my mind. I never wanted a kid to have to go through anything that I went through, and I knew that I couldn't provide it, be a father to any kind of child. And so at 18 years old, that's what I was going to do. But I had no insurance, and I wasn't going to pay for it because then I'd have to quit getting loaded. I'd have to save some money. 
So I did, but that's what I aspired to do was get cut so I could, could perpetrate on females without the risk of getting, you know, caught up with them to having babies because back then they, all of a sudden they started attaching your wages. Heaven forbid they attach my wages. No, no, no. So, but that's the way I thought. I was warped. I was maladjusted to life is what the big book says. Skewed. Okay, with my philosophies and the way I thought. What do you have when you take the booze away from a drunken horse thief? What do you have? I wasn't drunk all the time, but I felt like an alcoholic all the time. For you guys trying to figure out, you have a horse thief. Just, just so you know. It says that. Well, some people, you know, some people are a little slower than others. You know, I know I was. If you tell me a joke or something, I'm like, huh? You know, I can get figured out about 20 minutes. But anyways. I'm kind of jumping around because, you know, I have a hard time going first. I know some of you guys wouldn't believe that, but, you know, for me to tell my whole story, it it just gets hard because I have so many of them. I came in and out. Shit, I could pave my damn driveway with my newcomer chips. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's okay. I didn't get it the first time, but, man, they screwed me up just enough where I kept coming back because there was something here, and I felt like I fit here. I felt like I fit here, even though my dad was here, which, which, you know, in the beginning was, he was the one that I posted up as the problem. You know how you do, you post up shit, I'm doing, you know, whatever. My dad was the problem, but not my mom, because my mom stayed. My dad was always running around doing his shit. I always gave him a pass because my innermost self knew who he was because I was just like him, torn from the same cloth. It's torn from the same cloth. Trust me when I say that. There was shit that I learned he could have not possibly taught me. Facial expressions, things he does. I look at him and go, God, how does that happen? He didn't teach me that. That's that nature thing. That's that genetic code. I look at my dad. My dad's my greatest teacher, good or bad. Good or bad. He's my greatest teacher. So anyway, jumping back to when, you know, I guess... You know, we tell the funny stories. Uh, I guess my alcoholism really started kicking off when I was 18. Because that's when... I I say that because I don't know what the hell happened. You guys want to know the truth? I can tell you funny stories about when I was 14 and jump around when I was 16, 18, whatever. But sometimes they they do this. Because I don't know what happened. The one thing I know is... Half of my half of my childhood came back to me when I got sober, and over the last nine years, some more of us come back. But I shut the brain's a powerful tool or weapon, and I can shut off things. Like for example, you guys ever do the squat and cough when you go to jail? That's the most humiliating thing ever happened to a man, right? First time it happens, right? What happens the minute they you just sign that paper and let you go? Let's forget all about that bullshit. It's a powerful weapon or tool. I've done it a hundred times. Left jail, sure I'd never go back, and boom! Man, that kid, all of a sudden it starts running up your arm and shit, and you're like, whoa, and man, you start running as hard and fast as you can to change it. Change your mind. And then, you, you know, if you start trying to change it, you can drive a little faster. You can drunk drive or, or drive without a license out of jail. I've done that a hundred times. What? And that's the reason I'm there. Just so I can go get another drunk driving. Got five drunk drivers. Five drunk drivers from my first one. I went to my first meeting on my first drunk driving. And I still got five of them. Mine was of the learned variety. Okay, I wasn't struck sober. I had to get the program and do the deal. 
do the deal. Not think it about it. Not talk about it. Because I got some good vocabulary for a long time. I went to so many programs I could I could read, you know, rarely be seen first fellow sinner fall out of past, all that shit all the way through. All twelve steps. I could do it all the way verbatim, all the way to the end. And that didn't keep me sober. I used to sit by people, I used to ask people to be my sponsor that had a work day, that had a good program. Shit, had a really good program. He just listened to my shit. He was really good. That's what I needed at the time. Tell him about my ex-wife. He knows more about my ex-wife than I do. He used to tell him all that shit. And he was just a sounding board. I couldn't stay sober because I didn't do nothing. They said, if you want what we have, you do what we do. So I thought, well, okay. Get, get a sponsor that you, you want what he has. And I thought, well, shit, and I was so skewed, I didn't know. I waited for some dude. I said, dude, look at that guy's car. And he had a big wall and a nice-looking old lady. And I said, that's going to be my sponsor. That's going to be my sponsor. And sit by him and wait for this shit to come by osmosis. And it never came. Sitting in jail saying, well, shit, that guy doesn't keep me sober. Nobody can keep you sober except for you and your conscious contact with God as you understand him. Talks about there'll be a there'll be a time when no amount of learned knowledge will keep you sober, and it just talks about your your contact with your your higher power, okay? And that's another farce or whatever the word is. And we talk about higher power in there. It talks about it talks about um um oh what is the damn power greater than yourself? And it says which is God that will solve all your problems? A power greater than yourself, which is kind of a subtle subtle manipulation. We can make it whatever you want. They used to call it a, a matchbook on the table, whatever you want. They used to say all kinds of weird shit. I don't agree with that, okay, because I bought into some of that weird weird shit. The weird, weird shit of the, of the bleeding deacons and the well-intentioned do-gooders, okay? And in the end, after coming in and out all those times, I had to do what? I had to arm myself with the knowledge that we do around here, which is the big book, period. Not nothing else. Not the great miss of Betty Ford. All the well-intentioned do-gooder horse shit that goes on. Okay, because they got a lot of high-powered paid people that they pay to come up with horse shit. You know, kind of like politics. They come up with gibberish and they expect me to buy into that. It's Most of it's untrue. Ask a cop next time he writes you a ticket. You look at him like, what, what, what are you doing? Well, you're speeding in a school zone. No, I wasn't. The sign says that when children are present. There's no children present. I just got one of those. I said, there's no children. Where are they? Well, no, no, there's children on the playground. Well, that's untrue. It's untrue. They're behind a fence. Okay? And then he put us in a foggy day. And then I said, where's the fog at? And yet he, he did all that. He, he believed, he, you know, and all that bullshit. That's why we say around here we don't have any opinion on outside issues. Because by God, I could talk all day about this fucking ticket. I could talk about the police. I could talk about politics. Because I got an opinion all of a sudden about politics. You guys don't want to hear all that. You know, when I got sober, you know, you go to a lot of meetings and they talk about a lot of weird shit. They talk about their old ladies. They talk about their dogs. They talk about weird shit. Okay? Women talk about getting their children back and all that sounds good. What are you doing to stay sober? What are you doing out of the big book? Because that's all that's going to keep those kids in your life. Not the idea that the judge, you manipulated them one more time and got them back. The only thing that's going to keep those kids in your life, keep my kids in my life, is my, my conscious contact with God and working out of the big book. That's all I've ever proven that will work for a guy like me, an alcoholic of my type. This is all that will do it for me. I prove that. 
after you try, I mean, I tried this thing so many ways. Man, the therapy thing was a good deal. You know what? I just go to therapy one, one once a week, pay him a lot of money, and think I'm going to stay sober. Didn't work for a guy like me. Going to jail didn't work for me. Going to Betty Ford didn't work for me. Every place I went to, I ended up back in Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous works for a guy like me. And it could work for you too. It's a weird, it's a weird phenomenon that goes on. I guess that's the correct word. Because I can sit here all day long and I can bore some of you, put you to sleep. There's one guy sleeping back there. And then, and I can bore you and put you to sleep and try to explain this thing to you, but you can't have what I have. I can really, really bring it home, but you can't touch it. You can't grab it. It's something that you get. Something that you, that you work for. You know, it's just like the kid, you know, that gets the car at 16. What happens to that car? You guys can, you guys know it now because you got some experience. The kid's going to tear the car up because he didn't work for it. He didn't earn it. And in the beginning, Alcoholics Anonymous was easy for me. I came in and told people how to do it. You guys know who those guys are. The bleeding deacons and, the, the, you know, the guys, the 90-day wonders and shit. I came in and out of those programs. I could tell you how to stay sober and get drunk in the same day. I did it thousands and thousands of times, coming in and out. A lot of people know. So anyway, all that to say in the end, you know, we say what happened, what it's like, and what it's like now. So if you're at a meeting and you're trying to share and you don't know what to share and you want to share about your problems, you know, did you guys come here? You know, when I first got sober, I say first, my first time getting sober, I say that from the last time. I say that the last time because that's the only time I really got sober. So that was the first time I got sober. <laughs> but I've been here a thousand times. You know, I thought, I always thought, I get sober. I'm going to get sober on a famous day. You know, I got sober February 14th of 2000. Day of love. The day of love, there was a damn, there was a damn, uh, what do you call those healthcare workers, the shrink people? What do you call those? Anyway, those, those, well, it wasn't a therapist. It was a my, my ex-wife, which cared about me a whole bunch, called down there and told me he's he's uh, suicidal. <laughs> I want to check on him, and uh, they called me out. They called me out of that cell, and 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 this was this is the tape I run through whenever I think about drinking. Not not not, not if I think about drinking. When? See, make no mistake. Just because I'm a recovered alcoholic doesn't mean that the thought doesn't come through my mind. It's what I do with it now. You run the tape through. And I got a lot of tapes to run through. Okay, a lot of weird shit's happened to me. But one of the tapes I run through is, is I remember I wanted to die and I couldn't, my last night, I couldn't put a bullet in my mouth. I polished that gun up and I had a 38 polished, you know, polished of my own making. I mean, I polished a lot. Of, I mean, I polished nuts and bolts, organized nuts and bolts, smoked three packs of cigarettes a day, had guns. That's the kind of shit at the end I was doing. Stayed up for two weeks at a time, give you guys an idea. You guys know where I'm at. Did other weird shit. But those are just some, some of them. And um, so anyway, I got, I got arrested. I got. I went and I found the cops on purpose because a big strapping stud like me got tired of begging for sex from his wife, and that's the truth. The truth is, is in the end, I begged for sex from a woman that I was married to that wouldn't give it to me because she was tired, sick and tired of me. One, one, she said, "You stink. You smell like chemicals," which was gas, chemicals coming out of my pores, cigarettes, booze, and whatever else I had my hands on and shit for 14 days without, you know, 
doing all that weird shit. She said, your mouth stinks. You got chemicals coming. She goes, I don't want you to touch me. And she'd say weird shit like, ever again. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. And for a guy, you know, the average guy thinks about sex for about, you know, every three seconds. Well, I was doing some other shit where I was thinking about it a whole lot more than three, every three seconds. I was a freak. You know, I was going to run around. I was doing weird shit. Anyways, and, and she... she Rejected me, man, for a long time, and, and man, and I did things like, you know, if you guys are out there, you big studs, you know, I'd be shit. Start rubbing their feet and shit, you know. Get out of yourself and rub their feet so I can get something, you know. I'm gonna rub her feet, I'm gonna rub her back and stuff, you know, and hopefully you say the right stuff and, you know, if, you know, kick off, but man, in the end, it just didn't kick off, and I, and I started sinking lower and lower and lower. I remember I was doing the delusional shit, and I brought her along with that delusional shit, and I used to tell her, hey, hear that? Hey, they're, they're back. And she'd say, yeah, I hear them. And I was like, you do? <laughs> and, then, and then, and then she's going, hey, do you hear that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> you know, I mean, she pulled, her, she pulled all this shit back on me, all this shit I taught her. You think they're not learning? Oh, they're in school. So anyway... That last night she promised me, she says, she was, she was punishing me. What time is it? Hey, I'm doing good. <laughs> She's punishing me, which is, my wife did this. We lived in a real nice house on where all the cops live, right? And I had the big garage, big garage, big, big garage. And that bad boy was set up. And uh, she was doing something, you know, crazy, like punishing me. She was, she was, she fucking move out and take all the kids. Damn! I was like, shit, okay, where you going home? Shit, man, one time she stayed gone for three whole days. I thought, right on, you know. And so anyway, I called her up and I said, hey, uh, when are you coming home? She says, well. And I said, hey, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow down and talk her into that, play that old bullshit. And told her, I said, hey, I got the house all cleaned up, you know. Why don't we have a date night? <laughs> you know what I did? I didn't care less. She was, yeah, I just want a date night. You know why? Because I was doing that every other second thing. And, Shit, I talked her, I, and I, I managed to talk her into it. She supposed to be on the six. Oh, dude. So anyway, this was my this was my last night. This was the last night. She was supposed to be on the six, and what I told her was, I said, because it'll quit working for me, and and I was going down into the Myers again. I guess that's the right word, and. So anyway, this was the one of the bright spots, okay? And I told her, I said, look, it's almost over. Because I quit so many times, it wasn't working anymore. So anyway, she's supposed to be home at 6, about 10 o'clock. She, been, she went, can't come home. I'm calling her and she, you know, I'm like, you guys know what I'm doing. So I'm freaking out like a little boy, which I was. I was a little boy in a grown man's body. And Man, she got home and she says, can I, I'm scared of you. Can I sleep in the house tonight? And I'm like, and I'm all amorous and shit. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? She, yeah? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? And the next thing you know, she started perpetrating on me all that I perpetrated on her. Made me out like I was some kind of crazy guy. And I was like, what are you talking about? To this day, I think she's crazy. She said, you were weird. You were all crazy. I was like, what are you talking about? Man, I was just, you know, I'm stuck. I was just wanting, you know, I just wanted the deal. And she, anyway, so I'm laying there, and I was, you know, she just turned her back to me. She said, I'm afraid of you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Man, I'm all hammers, man. I was just no yelling, no screaming, no chaos, no nothing. What do you mean you're afraid of me? I her back with no avail, and 
Man, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, something clicked, man, and I said, I'm all done with this shit, man. And I, I was, and it just clicked, and I got mad. And I went out in the garage, and I said, fuck, I'm done with this shit. I grabbed the gun, and I thought, this is it. I'm done with this shit. Man, I could, man, I looked, and I'm, uh, you know, doing all that. You guys ever do that? I put your tongue down, mm, shit, stupid. Loaded, pulling the trigger back, and you're all, uh, stupid. You're looking at the bullets. Why? It's like, yeah, this is not, this is not Russian roulette. There's all six of them, you know, and, and that's what I did on the last night. And, and I think that all that was what led me into actually just staying sober, you know. And so what I did was I had, a, I had an idea. I thought, well, my buddy that had died behind alcoholism killed himself. Bush bone bite killed himself, hung himself. Hey, what time is this thing over? Yeah, five minutes. Oh, yeah, five minutes. I'm going to speed it up. So anyway, long story short, he had hung himself, and I went to his funeral, and they said he's going to hell because he killed himself. And so my great philosophy was, okay, I'm going to do a suicide by cop. I'm going to go find a cop and let him run me into a tree. So I take off. I got this red, white, blue motorcycle, the 7884 Interceptor 750, you guys know that one? The red, white, and blue model. And I got this, through this tweaker deal, I got this red, white, and blue leather suit. So I put that on. Put my red, white, and blue helmet on. And off I went, looking for the police. Well, it was 3 o'clock in the morning on February 13th, and I found the police. And they had their lights and shit, and I turned around. And I turned around until they came and got me. And I wonder why they're trying to pull for shit. And, and I was going to run. I was going to do the, I was going to let them run me into a tree or, you know, whatever. I, that's, and it sounds stupid, but if you're in that frame of mind, you guys know what I'm talking about. That sounded logical to me. So, so anyway, I pulled over. And the cop gets out with the gun. I'm pulled over for him. And he gets out and he points the gun at me. And I'm like, right on. You know, he's going to shoot me. And, and then he says, turn the bike off. And I said, well, that sounds like a good idea. And I went through the whole spiel of the, like Armageddon, that movie Armageddon, or uh, is it Armageddon, where you think of your kid and all this weird shit. And I, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, I'm all done. And a quiet, my audible voice says, Dale, you're all done now. I'm all done. And I turned the bike off, and I threw him the keys, man. And that was, that was the last time I ever had a drink. Last time I ever had a cigarette. Last time or I had one cigarette. Now, it's a funny story, but I already ran over it. I'll tell you that. That's a good story. I got a lot of them. So in the end, I went in, and all I had, the, the night I went in, I went crazy. They took, I was, I was drinking, I was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day, I smoked six and a half grams of crank, and they locked me up. And something changed. And it didn't change for the good the first night. I went absolutely start, start raving crazy. So when I say I have experience, you know the guy that's on the side of the road and he's talking, he's doing weird shit and you think he's faking? You're not faking. Because I remember I had an outer body experience and I was looking at my body and I was, I was, I was convulsing and I was hitting my head on the side of the cement thing and I had spit coming out of my face and I asked God, I got on my knees and I said, God, can you please remove this? I can't do this. And from that time to this, I haven't had a drink. I had one cigarette. I don't do drugs anymore. I got a job. And when I say that Alcoholics Anonymous has changed my life, it changed it 180 degrees. If you guys know what the old kind of cars where you had to do the timing, 180 degrees retarded is what I was. And when I say retarded, I was retarded in some way. Okay? And I've changed the timing 180 degrees. And what I mean by that is everything in my life that was, 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 was crazy, for example, I didn't have a job, I have a job today. 
I didn't have a checking account. I have a checking account. Good God, I didn't have keys. I was 32 years old. Okay? Those are the physical aspects of being sober. Being sober. You have your mind, your body, and your soul. If you don't have all three of them, you don't, you're not going to stay sober. That's what they told me. Okay? I have a God of my understanding today. That's my soul. I take care of that by how? I come to AA needs. I try to work with newcomers. I try to give this thing away. That's my soul. Okay? And then I change my mind by what? Reading the damn book. You don't know what to do? Read the book. Because that's really all we're doing here. We're not doing anything else. The well-intentioned do-gooders will tell you a bunch of weird shit. There's a lot of weird the people that come to AA. Lots of, a lot, there's a lot of us. The judge sends a lot of people that really aren't alcoholics. There's some people that don't fit in in society. They come here, all of a sudden, it's the only place they fit. So they come here and they want to change AA. So you arm yourself with the knowledge in the big book and you work the steps. You find somebody that thinks kind of like you and you surround yourself with a core group of people. That's what I've done. That's what the book says. Some spiritual mentors. You got some AA mentors. I got lots of people. Hell, I got a damn trainer, which is my wife, you know, for my physical. I got a lot of different people that I allow into my life that will tell me the truth and won't hurt me. They will tell me the truth no matter if it hurts my feelings or not. And then, and then I take this out and I try to share it with other people. And for that, I have this life. You know, I told you I didn't want to have kids. My daughter lives with me full time now. I got my daughter. Okay? My stepdaughter. I spent two hours today telling her what's going on in her life. Because she knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that Dale Looper will tell her the truth. Because what? I'm a man of integrity today. I'm honest, I'm open-minded, and I'm willing. Okay? Which is the opposite of everything I was before I got here. I have absolutely everything I've prayed for since I was in that jail cell. Everything I've prayed for. It doesn't look like what I prayed for, but it is what I prayed for. Once I sit back and I go, wow, because I have the eyes to see today. Everything I want. You know, let's just play, let's pretend that if you really want to stay sober, the big book will do it for you. And guess what? It has and it will. It's done everything that it said for me. Everything that it promises has come true in my life. And for my family. Not just my immediate family, my parents, my brother, my aunts, my uncles, my entire family's got to stay sober. And we're the real deal. We're, we're, I mean, we're alcoholic to the bone. And every one of my family members comes here to AA and gives to you people. It's an amazing thing. My dad that was my problem is now part of my solution. I love going to meetings with my dad. And that's weird. That's weird. You guys have been to meetings with my dad. That's weird that I really... He's got a good message. Because I can hear it today. Gary Kuhn, I didn't agree with Gary. Page 109, the man has got a want-to-want-to. That's Gary Kuhn right there. He gave me that. I never read that. I read the book a hundred times. The man has got a want-to-want-to-stop. It's at the page of 109. He told me that shit. I had to go in there and find it. Yeah, guess what you have to do when you got to go find it? you got to read the damn book. Then you got to work the stats. And then you got to take this thing. And then the biggest part of all, we make excuses for, for, for talking about God meetings. That's what the book says. A power greater than yourself, which is God, that will solve your problem. What's this one problem? We're not here for all your other problems. We're here for one problem. The only reason I know that is because Ole kicked my ass. Or no, no, no. Average Dave kicked my ass on that. You say problems. We're not here for your problems. We're here for one problem. And I thought, well, you little mouthy son of a... That's how I learned that. Anyway, you know what, guys? Thanks for letting me share. I've about gone over my time. Thanks.